Genre. Countdown to Infinity, where we are recapping the Marvel Cinematic Universe one movie at a time until the release of Avengers Infinity War in May. Woo! Woohoo! Today we have your wonderful hosts, me, Ray Russo, along with your other wonderful hosts, Chris O'Connor and Becca Raybergen. Excelsior! I want to go back to bed right now, please. Thank you. Back to bed? What? Yes, back yeah. to bed. We're we, both somewhat plague-ridden. It's really spectacular. We all fell asleep on the subway earlier. Everyone here in our place is sick, too. So, yeah. Bad, bad flu season, everybody. Yeah. Tried- the flu is nasty, guys. Yeah, the, uh, the the flu vaccine for this year, this season, was it was not quite right. Science did not work. Oops. Well, science worked. It just, the humans predicted incorrectly which strains of the flu were going to be nasty. So viewers, take care of yourselves. Remember, the flu is not a joke. It's not just a bad cold. It can be potentially deadly. So take care of yourselves and take care of your loved ones. This has been a PSA. And don't go into work, sicky. Uh, This has been a PSA brought to you by your host at Countdown to Infinity. We want you to live through this flu season to see the next Avengers film. Yeah! We are returning to Asgard today, you guys, and we are discussing Thor the Dark World. Flat Asgard. Round Asgard. Hashtag round Asgard. And we're discussing, we're going to discuss Thor the Dark World, which is not, as I have been describing it, Thor 2. It is Thor the Dark World, (laughs) even though I say Thor 2 all the time. It's it's okay to say Thor 2. It's really funny because you have Thor the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok and you have Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, and then Tony is just Iron Man, well, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. I mean, what what other titles could they give the Iron Man? Uh, Iron Man Extremis. Iron Man and Whiplash. Iron Man Whiplash, Iron Man Extremis. <laughs> Iron Man, Tony's alcoholism is troubling. Iron Man, the Hammer Whip. So, overall, in watch- rewatching The Dark World, I find that this movie is probably the weakest one that we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Where, wherein a lot of the movies, having two films that were kind of pushed together, and together they didn't really work, but there were two good films in there. Uh, this is just kind of a loosely collected series of memes and moments. Yeah, there were there were great like individual moments in this, but on the whole, it just kind of was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls flat as a cohesive piece because I found my attention 
going in and out throughout. Like, I'm really invested in Jane's arc, in Thor's arc, in Loki's arc. In Darcy's arc. Darcy arc. Darcy and Ian. The intern and her intern. (laughs) But when it comes to the whole convergence and dark elves and ether, it just is not that Mm. compelling. Yes, that noise you just made, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, that's the the sound of convergence. (laughs) Of all the MacGuffins to ever MacGuffin, (sighs) the ether was kind of really poor. The only thing I can say that it really has going for it is the fact that we are introduced to the Infinity Stones for the first time. Officially. Officially, and also indirectly. Right. Yeah. Saying this is what they are, and you know the the, the Infinity Stones have been there the whole time. The Tesseract, yeah, yeah, like you got that in there. It's like it's a, it's an Infinity Stone, and you know the little clip at the end. It's mm-hmm. like they go to see the Collector, and and it's like we shouldn't have two Infinity Stones in one place. And that book that Odin reads from most are take the form of stones, except the Ether, which is like liquidy. Yeah, it's liquidy tentacly. It's it's, it's Globby. <laughs> kind of like this movie. Cooey. It's it's like Gak. Yes. It's well, Ooblek. But then I actually want to play with it. And I know that it's not a good idea because when yeah. Jane touches it, bad things happen so, to her. So it's the slime from all of the Ghostbusters movies. Ew. There you go. <laughs> Or okay, you know what? Actually, what I thought it was when I when I saw you know when she she ends up in the place where no one will ever find it. Oh anyway, yeah, yeah. Where she, when she finds it, and it's like this black liquid stuff that like attaches to her, like uh, and, and like forms the symbiote? A, uh, a, a sort of tight, bi- yeah, a symbiotic <laughs> relationship. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Where else have we seen that in the Marvel universe? Jane is secretly Venom. What? I guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> that would have been better. It would have. Venom, yeah. The Venom, like, like Jane having to deal with the Venom symbiote and, and like, Thor trying to save her while she's rampaging around London. I dig that it. so cool. I dig it. So, the movie starts off with this whole, like, war with the Dark Elves nonsense. And In the time before time. It's really a shame because Christopher Eccleston is so good. He is. Just yeah. in general, as an actor, as his his ability to portray villains, like, he's amazing. And he was wasted in this role. So wasted. Speaking dark elvish? What? I, mm, Who knows? Whatever like, what that is language, the language is, that, that, that the it. dark elves are supposed to be speaking. It's that language where you constantly oh, yeah, have he's something super you it. have to bring up from the back of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Vertal Hymianese. Kind of like the language I'm speaking now. <laughs> so they say they're going to like bury the ether so deep that no one's going to be <laughs> able to find it. And the only thing I could think of was the scene. We're going to hide it somewhere no one can find the it. The scene in the beginning of Hercules where the two little minions fuck up and they know they fuck up. And it's just like, you mean if he finds out. <laughs> so I'm just kind of imagining whoever like buried this is just like assuming Odin and Bor are never going to figure this out and just be like... Uh, yeah, totally buried deep. No one's ever going to find this. No. Ever. We're good. 
In the time before the universe, before there was light, there was the darkness and the dark elves. I'm like, okay, if there's no light, then what on earth do they do? I d- How are you fighting this war before the Also, universe? every time they're portrayed, there's light. I just, whatever. Also, yeah, there's no before the universe. If there's something there before, then it's just a part of the universe. Right. But I guess that just goes to whatever your your vision of the cosmological, like, you know, the makeup of the cosmos is. Yep. But as far as I'm concerned, if there's something before the universe... That's just more universe. Whatever. And the other thing that, like, really perplexes me is, like, of all the things they could have done to make this a more cohesive movie, focusing on the convergence in that opening scene would have made it, like, so Mm. much... It would have been at least a little bit tighter. I would have certainly understood it a little better. Yeah, in that... In that opening scene, the convergence didn't matter. Right. It didn't. It, it didn't like make that wasn't the focus, and it didn't like sort of make sense, and it didn't sort of follow. It was just like here's this dark elf guy, and here's Odin's dad that you didn't know about. <laughs> um, and and uh, you mean and then Odin there there's like the tree. <laughs> and then there's violent Teletubbies. Yes. <laughs> With what seems I to swear. be more advanced weaponry than. Than the Asgardians had in Real Four. I I don't know, man. Like they've got lasers. But, uh, yeah, like is. Yeah, this is this is another. This is this this is uh, the second sort of like disposable army of of alien invaders that uh, it pops up in the MCU. So first we had the um, not the Kree, the, the, the one the Chitari. So we have the Chitari, and now we have the Dark Elves. And the Dark Elves, I swear to God, like, if you had... Of course, you've seen them. You're listening to a podcast where we talk about the movie that we've all seen together. Um, but yeah, like, the Dark Elves, they seriously... With their big, like, round eyes mm-hmm. and their stupid, like, sort of framed faces, they look like Teletubbies. <laughs> it's maddening. Just give them fur and put televisions on their bellies, and bam! Nightmares! <laughs> <laughs> It's a weak start to a movie that doesn't really pick up that much, but afterwards we get our first shot of bondage Loki. Indeed. Well, second shot. Well, second shot, because he was kind of bondage <laughs> at the end of Avengers. This time he's just not gacked. <laughs> Further bound Loki. Yeah, and he's, he. you can tell he's still like in a mental state where he has not accepted the... Uh, ramifications of what he has done. I meant he's... to rule them only as a benevolent god. No. But what not gods? So here's like one of my biggest issues is that Odin has this huge thing about respecting the lives of Midgardians to Loki and then five minutes later is turning around and telling Thor, that's like, oh, Midgardians, their lives end so quickly, you shouldn't super. bother yourself with Jane. Yeah, he's super racist against Jane. Yeah. He's, it's really like... Don't painful. bother with these fleas. It's with these dogs. These these little mice people. Their their lives don't matter. Yeah, it's reminiscent almost of that ant and boot comment that Loki made, which makes sense. I mean, he learned it from someone. It is. He did. Dear old dad. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of reminded of uh, uh, the uh, the Lord of the Rings minute. Uh, they they've had a number of uh, discussions about like the nature of the immortal elves and how they how they can have a relationship with the humans when you know we live like you know a hundred years tops 
and they're around for thousands and thousands of years. It's kind of like, you know, a sort of like humans making friends with mice or, or flies. It's like, eh, you know, you're only going to be around for a minute. I, you know, you don't really have much of an impact on, on my lifespan. Yeah, but the thing is, it is, it's still yeah. meaningful. Like, I mean, even things that are short can be very meaningful. But, I'm going to outlive my cat, but she means a lot oh, to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Also, Thor spent three days oh. on Midgard learning how to not suck, so... <laughs> lot, how to be worthy. Three days of learning how to people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Best weekend ever! <laughs> and then we also get that really great Met a girl we totally kissed once. ...of uh, Odin saying that Frigga's the only reason that Loki's still alive, and... Odin kind of goes off. He goes uh, off yes. about that thing we were talking about, which is that Loki could have easily been treated as an object mm-hmm. when he was brought to Asgard. And he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was raised as a son. And, you know, he took a really petulant turn and kind of spat in Loki's face. <laughs> he definitely did. Or and spat yeah. in Odin's face. Yeah. Yes. Spat in Odin's face. Yeah. Yeah, spat in Odin's face. And even at the end of the first movie, like he had that opportunity to to he was offered that they tried to save him, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna run away, and I'm gonna go be friends with Thanos, yep. and I'm gonna I'm gonna be friends with Thanos, and I'm gonna try to take over the universe, you, Dad." You Screw dropped you. me. You let me fall from Asgard, bitch. No, bitch, you, you, let dropped, go. you dropped you dropped yourself. Go. You let go. <laughs> bitch, please. <laughs> so, Loki's, you know. Be in the dungeon and never see Frigga again, which because that's basically the worst punishment Odin can ever think of. Go to your room. Go to your room. Exactly. And your mother will never talk to you again. So, which is not true. He's like, well, where's Thor in all of this? He's like, cleaning up your goddamn mess, Loki. And we cut to another <laughs> massive fight scene in one of the nine realms, Vanaheim. Vanaheim. Exactly, and you know, Sif and the Warriors Three are. Holding things down. They've got this completely under control. They do. Is that why everything's on fire? <laughs> no, yes, what I actually like to splice uh, together well. is the bit in Iron Man 2 where he's like, where at the end of the movie, he's like, I think I did a pretty good job. Explosion in the background. Thor, is that why everything's <laughs> yeah. on fire? <laughs> oh, man. I like that Sif was the first introduced yeah. and then you get Volstag and then you get Fandral and then you get um sometimes Hogan which it's really unfortunate little, little Hogan how little Hogan is in this movie Hogan's character is probably like of the Warriors 3 my favorite like yeah. there's just more I always felt there was more connection to him and more depth to him than Volstag or Fandral because they're very much stereotypical like the guy that likes to eat and the lady, the the people killer, because he's, like, all over the place <laughs> with that smirk. I tried to do a little bit digging and yep. try to find out why Chuck! Tadanobu, uh, Tadanobu Asano was not in this movie. And I think it looks like he was in 47 Ronin that came out that year as well. So maybe he had family uh, conflicts. That's the only thing I can think of. Probably. Because he's, yeah. like, within Japan, he is a very well-respected actor. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like the fact that they pretty much only had him in this early fight scene, and then he's like, "I'm going to stay on Vanheim," which, granted, as far as busy guys, 
got stuff to do. As far as like in-universe reasons to not have him in the movie, helping clean up the destruction of his home realm is a pretty good one. Kind of like yeah, Thor saying I had to protect Midgard from my brother, my crazy brother, was a good reason not to contact Jane, you know? But you know what? The movie did yeah. address Jane. They Avengers did. Avengers did address Jane yes. and said that she was very suddenly asked to uh, go to somewhere to study something. Take care yeah, of something there in was like a, Norway or something. Yeah, or... somewhere far away. She was asked to do something academic and she's going to be safe. And yep. I really like that they addressed that. Me too. I really like that that uh, Thandril is is Zachary Levy. Chuck, is, yeah, is highly yes, amazing. he came. I mean, the part was originally written for him, and then he wasn't able to do it. And then Josh Dallas got caught up doing Once Upon a Time, and what goes around comes so around. They just traded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got some fun stuff to he do. Did. They 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 all got some fun stuff to do. I think uh, like. Volstag might have gotten a little more than Thandril, and then I think Sif got the. Well, I don't know if, she, I don't know if, if uh, Sif got the fun stuff to do, but she got more mm-hmm. to do. The one thing that they did with Sif that I'm really just like over itchy is that they really like amped up, sort of. I mean, it's not out of nowhere because Sif and Thor are a canon relationship. Because we're connected. Uh huh. But. The movie tried to like like pit her against Jane romantically mm-hmm. for Thor's affection, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. No. Uh, we had well, I yeah, we well, had mm-hmm. all of four named female characters. Uh one yeah. never left Earth. One was Frigga, and the other and the other two were Jane and Sif, and we didn't need for them for Sif to be giving evil eyes. And to be fair, it wasn't really that they were fighting each other, but that the movie was framing it as yeah. a, oh well, yeah, yeah, that, Thor that was, should be with. Sif. I think there was more of that coming from Odin and his mm-hmm. like you know sort of uh, being against inter inter realm relationships, yeah. <laughs> where he's like, you need to you need to focus on what's in front of you, son. Yeah, it was. You need to settle down with a nice ass guardian girl. Yeah, have some nice ass guardian babies. <laughs> dum dum. It was in the editing and choices like, more oh, than okay. it was actually in the story yeah. text. Yeah, they put it in the trailer too. <laughs> yeah, of like Sif Guess giving coming the side to eye to Jane, but so they're back from the big thing, and the part that I took a note on that Becca's like laughing about over here is you know they're talking about the battle, and Thor tells Odin like, "Oh, it would have been a shorter mm-hmm. battle if you were there," and his response is like, "You must think I'm a piece of bread to need to be buttered." So <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> What? That was a pretty good line. I like that. The delivery on that line. No, I was just like, Whoa. The delivery. Only Sir Anthony right, Hopkins. It was pretty great. Your confused and distracted heart. Yep. And I, you know, I it. Uh, this is also like another alternative title for this movie: Thor, the one with all the cloaks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's got capes and like draped fabrics. Drama. It's really dramatic. It's Duff so Mother much drapes. Her drapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I think she does. Like, She's yeah. standing right here next to me. Frig is like, yeah, I made her those drapes. <laughs> and then some. Yep. So there's feasting and merriment, and I really like the little line that Thor says about Sif celebrating 
the last war so much <laughs> that she nearly started a second one. <laughs> That's my girl. He loves Sif. <laughs> Even if not romantically. But like platonically. He loves her. Like he, she's important to him. Yeah. And, and also, shockingly, you know, that you can have. Like, as terrible as it is for Odin to say, like, when o- when Jane does pass her natural life, like, you know, Sif will still be there in a century mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. They may, they may, they may come together later. And I think that is, then he, like, slips away, goes to see Heimdall, which he's apparently. I really apparent... love that scene. The Heimdall scene. Because then Heimdall goes, like. Heimdall. Yeah. Heim- Heimdall. Heimdall. Do the spying for me, Heimdall. Yeah. And he, and, and Heimdall <laughs> goes, do you recall what I taught you about blah, blah, blah. So it's clear that that <laughs> Thor is like investing himself. The in convergence is coming, and like understanding things about the nine realms and about what he'll need to do when he becomes king. Mm-hmm. I really like that. He's really like kind of taking ownership of like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to be a leader, and to be a leader, I need to know and understand things. I don't want to be Loki. Oh God, I don't want to be Loki. <laughs> I like that. Um, Heimdall and Idris Elba were able to do more in this movie than in the first Thor, because in the first Thor he was, like, just the watchman, just the gatekeeper. And this time he's, you know, uh, a teacher and, you know, an advisor and uh, and the gatekeeper. and, and Co-conspirator. Yeah. And a co-conspirator. And I... a traitor! Treason! And his eyes. I just really like Heimdall's eyes. That's some pretty good effects on his eyes. Yeah. 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 So then they're spying on Jane, who is out on a date with a perfectly nice guy. Like, if Thor wasn't a thing in her life. Chris O'Dowd! He's really sweet. Chris O'Dowd! (laughs) That nice Irish comedian guy. So cute. I like. I like to think that his character is is just what's his face from IT Crowd. Oh, you know, he's he's there in between jobs. Sure. Why not? You try turning it off and on again. <laughs> I mean, he seemed to work in some I'm sort disabled. of office setting. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yep. Yep. It could be. Could be. Yeah. I just really like that. While Jane was definitely like disappointed that Thor hadn't been back, she's not being held back by any means. She's still living her life. You know. Although there seems to be some implication that she mopes a lot. Yep. Because when Darcy she's trying. shows up. She's active. She's out there. She's gluing her face to the menu and avoiding actual. She's depressed. Sea bass, sea bass, sea bass, sea bass, sea bass. She is depressed. Legitimate, you know? Yep. And then Darcy shows up. She's like, I'm so proud of you. You took a shower. You, you smell, smell great. <laughs> Wearing your lady clothes. Wearing lady clothes. <laughs> Just generally uh, being adorable. Yeah, yeah, she your is. office slash your mom's house. The lab slash your yeah, mom's she's, house. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's very herbal essences. Yeah. She's ready to go. Out and of, one of the things... Yeah. Like Jane Jane gets to go through a lot of different shampoo commercials in this movie. She does. <laughs> she's worth it. <laughs> but then Darcy shows up with one of Jane's gadgets. and It's a Game Boy. <laughs> My favorite thing is like <laughs> Jane says, like the whole these readings are totally wrong. That's what I said, and then Jane starts smacking it, and Darcy's like, "That's what I did." It. Bam, bam, bam! <laughs> I thought you'd do something more sciency. <laughs> Darcy learned so much good stuff from Jane. Okay, <laughs> she really has. She did. Darcy's such a great human. 
I wonder if Darcy is still a political science major or if she's switched. I hope she is. Because she's still interning for for Jane. So I, I imagine there's been a she's she's seen her true calling. I would like to think that she switched majors after yeah. everything that went down. She's really good at picking up on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she seemed to have taken to it naturally. Mm-hmm. And she just vibes really well with Jane. And I think that's really, that's just as important. I don't think astrophysics is normally like that, though. No. No. It's not. My brother very briefly <laughs> was doing, like, dark matter research under some, oh. like, mountain in italy where they have like one of those one of those cern type yeah one of those cern type things and he was just like this is the most boring thing i've ever done in my entire life i'm sitting here staring at a screen waiting for something that might never happen (laughs) i'm like congratulations welcome to physics (laughs) they get in the car and, and they go and poor chris o'dowd is left eating the sea bass all by himself and they run into some adorable well, first, street urchins. First, they're driving, and they're talking, and then this thing pops up in the backseat. Oh, yeah! And he's tall and good-looking, and his name is Ian, but he is introduced as Darcy's intern. Darcy herself is an intern, and she does not yeah. get paid. <laughs> so oh. how does she pay an intern? Spoilers. She, she doesn't. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, you could have a, an unbroken chain of unpaid interns yep. of unpaid interns of unpaid interns going on forever. And it'd be like, go get the coffee. You go get the coffee. You go get the coffee. You go get the coffee. <laughs> and then it would be like, who ordered the coffee? Number 45. <laughs> so so wait. So wait. It would be like that scene in Last Jedi when Ray is like in the cave thing and there's like a yeah. million of her. <laughs> Only they're Syn- all interns. Syncopated coffee ordering. <laughs> With the snapping. <laughs> I like it. I like it. They're driving, and then they meet some adorable street urchins who are some of the few people of color in the entire film. And And Jane says, we're scientists. And first, but Darcy's like, it's okay, we're Americans. (laughs) So it's fine, guys. Is that supposed to make them like us? (laughs) (laughs) We're Americans. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm abroad, I try very much not to seem like an American Uh because the general assumption about Americans. Just tell people you're Canadian. It's like we're ne- we're never we are never ever ever gonna break that image of being rude tourists if everybody who's a polite tourist is also pretending to be Canadian. <laughs> Represent your country, Ray. Hey, listeners, just so you know, if you're Canadian, we love you a lot. <laughs> so then you get that awesome levitating truck that they use in oh, the so trailer, cool. and the kid just kind of taps it, and That's it so starts cool. to rotate, and you yeah. get some of the really awesome visuals. Chekhov's floating <laughs> truck. <laughs> There's a Chekhov's something in every one of these movies. Isn't oh, there? always. Well, no, what's really more of the thing is Chekhov's shoe, Chekhov's keys, and Chekhov's phone. <laughs> <laughs> because Darcy loves this yeah, whole the, disappearing, the reappearing thing and just starts dropping everything. <laughs> to be fair, Ian the, was the one who threw the And the, the intern's keys. like, oh, this is so cool. Was that the keys? And then, and then she's like, give me your shoe. <laughs> And Jane's getting readings, and she there's starts so following here. the clicking sounds. Jane wanders off, and there's one rule when you're dealing with stuff, is don't wander off. Like, do you learn nothing from Doctor okay. Who? Hey guys, let's split up. No, never split up. That's or, a terrible or Scooby-Doo. idea. Actually, my oh favorite my thing in the movie <laughs> Cabin in the Woods, when it's like, okay, we all need to stick together, and then the people who are manipulating everything like, 
pump this gas into the room. They're like, okay, let's split up. Lower the intelligence. Um, let's split if, up. Can you guys? Okay, but like, let's let's have a little thought experiment here. Okay, say Jane and Darcy stay together, okay. and Ian stays with the kids, fooling around with the disappearing stuff. Can you imagine what would the, what this movie would okay. be like? If Darcy was the one who ended up with the ether, <laughs> I don't want to think about the power trip that would give her. <laughs> oh, that that'd be fun. She would be running around like, "Hey, come touch me." <laughs> I don't trust her with that. But then she would start oh, getting man. sick. But yeah, right. as Jane did, and then it would yeah, be really so, emotional. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I love how Jane, like, you know, the, like, fall, gets into a portal thing and it instantly takes her to the place where no one will find it. I'm like, really? Really? That is no one will find it. What? Convenient. That's not true. Remember, we had those minions that fucked it up and they were like, no one's going to find it. No yeah. one's going to find no, out. No, no, no. Boar's never going to find out. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Boar was the one who said, don't destroy it. Boar, so we already yeah. know who to blame for all of this. Boar, Boar was 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 um, Isildur's heir. Boar was Elendil. He didn't destroy the ring. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of what they were going for with that prologue, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, Thor two. <laughs> this movie uh, is the MCU's Lord of the Rings flashback, and then Justice League is the M- is the DCEU one. Thor two, the two realms. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then Thor Ragnarok is it is Thor the Return of the King. <laughs> Pretty much. Thor the fe- Thor the Fellowship of the Hammer. Thor the Two Realms and Thor the Return of the King. There we go. We it's, did it. It's good. all connected. Yeah, yeah. And so then you have all those awesome like Jane being taken over by the ether shots and which were used in the trailer to almost be like Jane's going to be very... evil. Yeah, it was very misleading. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of the um the the dark phoenix effect that they used in um yeah. X-Men yeah. 3, yeah. you know, the terrible terrible X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of that um which, you know, I hope they get right in in the next X-Men movie with uh Sophie Turner as yeah. Jean Grey. But anyway, yeah, so so symbiote so Sim- symbiote uh, Jane Foster um, has been gone for five hours. Ooh! And Darcy, Darcy the did the right thing. Yes, she did. She did the right thing. She didn't go off and try to find the super friends. She called the cops. Yeah, like right there in the middle of the uh, the cargo container hinge mm-hmm. uh, is is just just super hunky blonde guy just yeah, standing yeah. there. Well, being it starts because awesome. it starts raining. It starts raining. But but Darcy and Jane aren't getting rained on. It's very it's very peculiar. Mm-hmm. They have their own Super. little sunspot. Yeah. There's like a little Yep. Oh, little, they little circle of no thing. rain for them. Oh, what did we The miss? reason that Thor came down there was because Heimdall could no longer see Jane. Right, because oh, right. she disappeared into that That's place right, that right. no one would ever find. She place where no one could find it, including Heimdall. So it really was a place that no one could find. Except for Jane. Because plot. Because, because plot. plot. Because MacGuffins. <sighs> um, yeah. And then I love as like Jane moves closer to Thor, the the non-rainy spot moves with her and Darcy just gets <laughs> drenched. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then Jane slaps him. Uh, yeah. I like her response twice. to seeing him again. Yeah. The thing is, it's very, like, honest. Uh, She's pissed. And she yeah. has every right to be. Yeah. You said you were, okay. you left me there. That was the first slap, and then you were in New York was the second one. Yep. So. And then there was smoochies. Yeah. And then there were smoochies, and then Darcy goes, hey, can you turn this off? Yeah. Dar- Darcy shows up, like, gets over there. She's a little third wheel, a little, uh, little, little uh, interrupter. Yep. Little, little <laughs> so, how's <blocker>. space? <laughs> See, you're on muscle, still muscly yeah, and stuff. that was cute. Their conversation Still is muscly. Really sweet. <laughs> it is. They get each other. Like, Space is fine. Yeah, they get each other. But uh, then we have the uh, the poor the poor hapless the poor hapless UK cops who are like, okay, but what are you doing? What's going on? You're and, trespassing. Uh, like, we're gonna need to take you. We're gonna need to take you in. Yeah, trespassing. This is private property. In my English accent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then touch her and get the uh, get the black goo blast. They got they got shazams. Pew. They got pewed. And yep. and uh you know they're they're standing there with their with their little night sticks and they're calling for the armed response and they're like she's dangerous. <laughs> and then Thor swoops in, scoops her up and takes her through the Bifrost to Asgard and Jane just looks like she's having Jane in space. She yep. is just having the time of her life. She, she thinks is. it's amazing. Yeah. She probably had an orgasm. Can we do it again? I don't know. I mean, look, think about it this way. You guys have seen yeah. the mummy, right? Evelyn Carnahan is in that desert having the time of her life. And everybody else is like, there's mummies <laughs> trying to kill me. What are you talking about? That is what Jane yeah. was doing. She's like, there is science. Yeah, there's... Science. Like she's going to get drunk around a campfire and be like, and I am a nuclear physicist. Exactly. An astrophysicist. Exactly. <laughs> and Thor's just going to steal some stuff for her. I'm a librarian. <laughs> Odin's pissed. We're, we're totally and... we're totally skipping over the re the reawakening of the Svartalheimi dark elfy Teletubby bastards because you know they don't yes matter. because we don't like they them don't and we don't matter. care about them and they're the weakest part of this they movie. They don't matter. The only point at which they matter they is when are. Heimdall is like jumping onto the invisible ship and becoming James Bond before our eyes. <laughs> Pretty much. So, right, so they show up, and then Odin's first reaction is like, get her out of here! She belongs on Midgard. And then they try to move her, and she goes, pew, again, and he's like, what did you bring to me? (laughs) (laughs) And then the next scene is actually one of my favorite scenes. So they have her in what they're calling the Soul Forge, and she asks if it's a quantum field generator. And... They explain sort of how it, or she asks, like, how to. Well, first they say no. First they say no. And then. Does she, it do this? Does it do this? And they're like, yes. And she's like, quantum field generator. And I just really like that because it has this notion mm-hmm. of, like, Asgardian technology and Midgardian technology are not really far off from yeah. each other. And it's that sort of, you know, magic is just science we haven't figured out yet sort of thing. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so have we gotten to the first of the Loki in his prison cell scenes? 
Like that's that comes up right around now, right? Uh, yeah, but around soon. Time. Can we talk about that a little bit now? Yeah, that that's soon. So we had an interesting. Well, uh, thing. don't we get the uh, the predate the universe and like you know the the stones right, right, and right. the yeah you know they 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 talk about like the book and it's yeah. like here's the dark elves guys here's Malekith. Yeah, the book is cursed. pretty, There's and then convergence. and then Thor goes, "Oh, you told me these stories when I was a child." Yeah, so you know, okay, mm-hmm. they're myths, whatever. I'm still not interested. So the whole thing that comes yeah, up with Loki yeah. in his cell. We actually had a very interesting conversation because we were watching the movie with my roommate who had a take on this scene that we had never considered. It had not literally ever. It had never crossed our mind and she had not thought okay. of it the way we thought uh, of what's it. What's that? Well, why don't you tell us your interpretation of that scene first? So like hmm? where the yeah. scene where Loki is talking uh, to Frigga uh, in the cell. What is going on? You explain it to us the way you interpret it. Yeah. Oh shoot! Uh, trying to remember. Okay, so she's there, like talking to him behind, um, behind Odin's back, trying to get a hold of him. Like, yeah, the, the bit. Like he, he says, like he's not my father. Um, and and she's like, am I not your your mother? And he, and he's like, uh, eh, uh, uh. Okay. And then you know they can't have any contact so because she's the she's there like force projecting. As my roommate, that it was like a force projection thing. I never, I neither yeah. of us have ever read that scene that way. We both always saw it as Loki is having a conversation with himself and using a, a projection of Frigga to do it. Huh. That was him, like, working through. Mm-mm. Like, the thing is, I don't huh. think he necessarily was thinking the things that Frigga was saying, mm. but it was more of his subconscious. Right. That was coming mm. out with these things. It was like a waking dream, almost. Hmm. So that was the way I've always interpreted it. And then Nicole goes, wait, that's how you see it? And and we're, and then she explained how she's thought of it. I mean, like, I have no doubt that Frigga could totally do that behind Odin's back and would. It just never occurred to me. Yeah. Ever. That's, that's what I thought. So, and, that, and, that yeah. would, and that would definitely fit with, you know, like the way the movie gives her more screen time mm-hmm. and builds her up more and wants to build up that connection and build up that relationship rather than have it be in his head. Although, like that one little bit at the end where she, you know, she does the am I not your mother thing, that would be kind of like consistent with sort of like a conversation scenario with yourself uh, where you're like sort of working through the logic and, you know, you, you but at the same time, I don't know, I, I, I think she, in I, I choose to interpret it as she's there, uh, you know, reaching out to Loki and trying to, you know, get through to him and, and rehabilitate him and, and, you know, keep him part of the family. Yeah. And that she really doesn't really um, care too much about Odin's orders. Of course not. <laughs> I like that. I, I don't I know. like it both ways. I like it both ways. Yeah. I, I think either interpretation yeah, is valid. I, I think, so listeners- I think either way is fine. Come on by the Facebook group and let us know what you think. Maybe we should have like a poll up we or should. something. Uh, yeah, when this, I so think, when this episode I think airs, either interpretation we'll is valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just kind of want to know what people's impressions were. I think I think you're right. Either interpretation is valid, but I think that uh, people re- have read it different ways, and it's in- it's really cool. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see how people have interpreted that scene. So that's what yeah. we want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, what was your gut reaction and why? Uh, and, and one of the reasons why I always thought yeah, of it I, the way that we did as Loki Loki having, you know, projecting Frigga in there is that when she fades away, it's green. 
like the edges of that imit of that projection are green and so i thought that would carry through and then when we have the sequence with jane later on when jane it's... disappears and she's green so then it was like oh crap i don't know anymore yeah because mm. she taught it well yeah because uh didn't Frigga teach him all his magic yeah yeah I thought that I thought that all the illusion stuff was was hers. It is, yeah. And, that, and she got it from him. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, the the either interpretation is valid, but I think it's better for Frigga's story if if that's actually her. I will agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because one way it's about Frigga's story, the other way it's about Loki's. Right. And I, I I'm all about giving Frigga more story because because Renee Russo and Frigga are awesome. God. Yeah, it was a good scene. Yep, yep, yep. And now Jane gets some awesome robes. She, she looks does. so good in them. She, oh my she's, god! She, she is. She is. The robe. She's. Club. She's up. She is upgrading from the herbal essences commercial. You know where everybody's in sort of like a standard, like normal everyday kind of shampoo uh-huh. commercial, and she's gone into one of those like Dior, like yep. photographic, <laughs> like sort of like ex- you know really bright lights or like strong blacks or you know, just just very like artistic yes. interpretation hair commercial. She, she, That's what she's in now. It was a glow up to haute couture. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my goodness. And she and Thor just look so good together. Yeah, they do. And there's that hand thing where he's ex- see. Even Thor trying to explain the convergence with their hands didn't help me any because oh. I got distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was totally like when when he does the hand thing and she's like his hand is so large. Right? <laughs> it's just like you guys are she's not they're not thinking about science and also no. this is just astrology for no. crying out no. loud. Ugh. She's like I know how the universe oh works. Goodness. I just like your hands. <laughs> you you introduced me to your parents. <laughs> you told your dad about me? <laughs> she's like this is so great. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Best second date ever. She's, like she's in the middle of a science gasm, but also there's she's in the middle of a, a science gasm, but also orgasm. Yes, also a thorgasm. Thorgasm. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Be careful how many thorgasms you you have. You may get really Thor. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Okay, so I know that the Dark Elves show up to start, you know, causing trouble, but at some point we have had the most unfortunate thing happen in this film, which is we have now had Eric Selvig running around naked in Stonehenge, because apparently, whereas Tony's trauma got dealt with very seriously, Eric's trauma is being treated like a joke. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of continues for a while, but then the dark elves, dark elves show up to like start right. Then, you know, you you're looking at Heimdall. He's doing his thing. He's checking out the convergence because he can apparently see them. And you see like this weird like ripple going over the waters next to the bifrost the, and the, just, pred- the predator effect yeah, yeah and he just takes he can, off yeah he can definitely sense the predator oh uh, but before this Christopher Eccleston had sent his second in command right. undercover with 
apparently extremist. He, yeah, he did that that classic like, that classic bad guy gonna get caught kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. talk about a glow up. <laughs> he glows and then he grows up. <laughs> it looks like extremist. It does. Explodey yeah, extremist. Really yeah. That's true. And so he like blows up the he prison. Goes, he gets and... let in as a Trojan horse. That's what he is. Like he goes in um as a prisoner yep. from Vanaheim and gets Well he does yeah, he's put in the cell. Yeah, he's doing the same thing that Loki did in the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I wanna be captured, ha ha ha. Only yeah, only Loki was there to incite the Hulk, whereas this guy's there to literally be the, the Hulk. Hulk. Be the Hulk. <laughs> be the Hulk, yeah. Be the Hulk. Smell the Hulk. Like, I brought my I brought my own Hulk. <laughs> I've gotta lick the Hulk. I've gotta date the Hulk. I've got to be the Hulk. What is the matter with you? I'm quoting SpongeBob. <laughs> Shut up. We should never quote SpongeBob. <sighs> we should always quote SpongeBob. So things go explodey, people are battling. Heimdall's being a badass. Heimdall's oh, being yeah. a badass. Like the gi- oh, the giant God. knife ships are like really coolly slipping around and cutting through buildings and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. And so Thor's like, I'm going to go help everyone with the prisoners. And Frigga says she's going to keep Jane Jane, safe. stay with mom. Jane, you must listen to everything I say and do, ex- or do exactly what I tell you. I love that. And then Jane goes, yes, ma'am. Yep, yep. And meanwhile, in the dungeon, Loki does the one thing he's going to regret that he doesn't know that he's going to regret yet, but he tells creepy dude, like, you might want to take the stairs. Tells that guy where to go. Yep. And I'm like, sucks to be you, Loki. Yeah, he has a. He has a very he has a very Peter Parker uh, at the wrestling uh, event moment where he's yeah. like, "Oh, I fail to see where that's my problem." Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Peter Parker. And then Thor does that really awesome thing where he jumps off the balcony and calls Mjolnir at the same time, so he kind of catches that on to so it and just cool. And, and he takes off his robe. <laughs> It's like the opposite of what happens with Pietro Disrobes. in Age of Ultron, where he tries to catch Mjolnir and just, like, thunks into the wall. <laughs> yeah. There was a... Ray and Nicole made yeah, made wounded duck noises when I made this joke, but... So, Frigga... Frigga holds her own against Malekith. Like, Frigga's fucking stone-cold... Yeah badass and would kill anybody on any day uh-huh. of the week it's just that Malekith gets at one just gets the upper hand and then his Hulk dude comes in behind her and you know yep it happens and then it and then I think didn't we, I make a we, we are not get we are not gods. oh that's what that thing does yeah oh. and I'm like it's too soon yeah. <laughs> People getting impaled left and right. <laughs> oh wow, I had not made that connection before. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, she, his mom gets killed the same way he kills. Yeah, and, oh, and Thor's there both bitch. times, and he makes the same noise. Yeah, Thor's like wounded animal noises. And the thing is, <laughs> basically, under the definition of fridging your women, technically this is a fridging. They have killed off a female character to further the emotional plot of the film. However, 
It's not just the emotional plot mm. that gets moved forward. It's at the actual plot. And as far as fridging goes, mm. they give her this now... This is one of the less... This... It's less egregious, and they actually I mean, honor her. Yeah. They yeah. go through that huge, she gets beautiful to funeral. She gets the funeral. Oh, and awesome she, funeral. she had a... Yeah. You have, she like, well. the Viking setting the, the boat on fire, and you have the... The, lan- the, the lights. lights and the, oh, it's, it's so, so beautiful. The lanterns going out and all the other, yeah. all the other Asgardians yeah. that died in the battle get the same mm-hmm. like boat treatment. So you have all the yeah. burning boats like going off the off of <sighs> Flat Asgard into the yeah. into the cosmos. Narratively, it makes sense. We might not like it; it might make us cry, but narratively, Frigga's death makes sense. It's one of those things that if it was not the pattern that it was, we wouldn't even have to talk about women in refrigerators but unfortunately that is the pattern Besides, there is a trope. dies in the next one we know it and so i had to bring it up but i also want to say i find what? this to be one of the least egregious versions of it yeah and i think uh, one of the stronger like tropes to associate this would be uh like a thing that's in all comic books like you know marvel too but like in all of them is just dead parents mm-hmm. yep so many Dark dead parents mess. No parents. My parents are dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My parents are dead. Tony's parents are dead. Steve's parents are dead. Oh, Steve Presumably should be Nat- dead. Natasha's parents are dead. <laughs> Clint's parents are dead. Everybody's parents are dead. Peter's parents uh, Bruce's are parents dead. parents are dead. Peter's parents are dead. Peter's uncle Does is any dead. Member of the- Thor is now allowed into the Avengers now that his parents, <laughs> one parent it's a has died. Does it's a prerequisite. Any <laughs> member of the Avengers have a, have a living parent. Any one of them. Any one. Oh my God. I can't believe I've never thought of that before. Hey, guess None what? Of the hey, guess what? Wanda and Peter's parents are dead. Hey, guess what? Both of Thor's <laughs> parents are dead now. Oh, <laughs> this took a turn, listeners. Oh my, my god, this is dark and terrible. This oh is god. this is the dark world. It it's pretty dark. <laughs> and then the moment. Oh no. Okay, I'm gonna take it back down now because the moment that Loki <laughs> finds out about Frigga's death is just like such a heartbreaking moment of just like. The rage just, like, exploding. Rage and grief. And just everything around him just shattering. Oh. Yeah. All, his very nice prison with all of its wonderful lens flare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his antique chairs. <laughs> and his books. Yeah. Let, and let's let's take a, a moment. Like, we said it on the first Thor one, but on this one, they, you know, they spent so much more time on Asgard. I gotta say, the art department, again, way to go, guys. Yeah. I love you. A plus. Although someone missed the fact that they put all the prisoners in prison in their armor. Which... Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what that's so dumb. That that's I the dumbest care. dumb in all the dumb and dumb. I don't dumbs. care if they're naked underneath that armor. You put them in their prison cells naked. But get rid of that goddamn armor. You don't you don't let your prisoners be armed and armored. I mean, like, oh yeah, we took their big swords, but they're still wearing all this armor, and for all we know, they've got tons of knives and stuff in there. They could like, have they didn't bombs bother to search in them. Guy they could have ex- for his little thing that he had inserted into his and side. And one of them did. If if they had done their proper duty uh, as part of the Geneva Conventions to treat prisoners with respect and care, and 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 you know, you 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 search them. And check to see if they need medical attention. They would have found that guy's giant stab wound in his side and removed the thing. 
So, um, I, I just want to interject here and say I don't think Asgard was party to the Geneva Convention. Yes, but but in but Gotham in the Dark Knight. But was, they should be. And there was a guy with a cell phone in his stomach. <laughs> if they had done their job, the precinct wouldn't have blown up and the Joker wouldn't have escaped. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty bad moment. So I just kind of want to take a quick detour related to armor and the costuming department to discuss something horrible we found out earlier today that was partially due in part to the construction of the armor. I still want to know more about this. Because we haven't actually found out. Yeah, the exact details. Of we what haven't happened. found like the the yeah. full details. So, Chris, why don't you tell us where you found it? The stuff because you brought it to our attention. Uh, I think I, I found it like uh, there was some stuff like, yeah, there was some stuff that I had found um, like that was sort of concurrent with the release of the film. You know, there was talk of like, oh, Jamie Alexander, uh, like she had a pretty serious injury, but they didn't really go into details. They didn't say how serious it was. She was able to you know, finish her filming. She, uh, it didn't like affect the schedule too much. I think they did change some stuff around, but, uh, she was able to, to get back to work and, and they were able to finish the film and didn't have to do too many big changes. But, um, like a year later, she did another interview, um, like, uh, on MTV and she may have done more since I just haven't found them yet, but she went into detail about just how bad the injury was. Uh, let me see if I can find that link. Because I believe... Oh, shoot. Well, so what happened, what happened apparently, like, we haven't found out, like, specifically, like, what scene they were shooting. I'm going to have to do this from memory because I can't find the link. But um, they were, it was just, it wasn't like they were filming a fight. It wasn't like any big thing. Like, she was walking and there was rain and it was slippery and she apparently fell. And, I, and she, like, either fell down a slope or fell off of something and she had, like, sort of a significant fall. And it might not have been that bad. But the way that her armor was constructed, uh, the way that it's like, and like, uh, you know, Sif's armor is actually really cool. I really like the the way they did it. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like over-sexualized. It's good armor. Like some people, like I remember having an argument on Twitter with somebody about, I mean, not twi- uh, Twitter, Tumblr. You can probably still find it about like the size of her heater shield. They're like, why does she have such a tiny shield? I'm like, well, actually for jousting and like if you're in full plate armor, you don't need a large shield. That's a heater shield. It's a classic uh, whatever. Her shield is great. Her armor is great, yep. except for the part where it nearly killed her. Uh, like the the way that the um, the the neck pieces, the gorget, or or like the way the shoulders, the pauldrons, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff around her neck. Like when she fell, it jammed in there, and like uh, it like she separated her shoulder. She um, tore some of the muscles in there. Uh, she slipped a disc in in there, and then on her number eleven, she chipped her number eleven vertebra. Um, and there's like, she was like this close, like my fingers are like a, a hair's breadth apart from one another. As I say, she was this close to being paralyzed. She actually was temporarily paralyzed on because route of, to the hospital. Because of the position that she yeah, was like in. Yeah, like she wasn't able to feel her hand and yeah, yeah, she wasn't able to feel her hand and leg and like they got there, but they were able to do this, the, you know, the surgery that they needed to, they were able to do the, um, uh, the physical therapy that they needed to, she was able to have the time to, to heal up. You know, she's in great shape and was very dedicated and was able to come through it. And she's, she's a okay, but that is terrible. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's really terrifying. I'm glad she's okay and doing yeah. a television show now. 
And like they were saying in the interview, like uh, when she got back on set and they and they had more stuff to do, she's like, yeah, I felt I felt pretty good, but there was a certain element of. Uh, you know, sort of trepidation mm-hmm. and everything before where whereas she's like, I, I definitely practice things more than I had before. Mm-hmm. You know, even simple movements, just like making sure that this is going to work. You're going to be fine. Don't fall apart. <laughs> yeah, sure. And like, uh, listeners, uh, for reference as to our recording day, the whole stuff about Uma Thurman's car accident on the set of Kill Bill just kind of hit everything. So yeah. set accidents not funny, not a joke. Yeah. Huh? Um, Uma Thurman, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, check the New York Times. Not aware of that one. Check the New York Times. Uma Thurman talking about filming with Quentin Tarantino. And and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's really bad, and uh, she got really badly hurt, and Quentin Tarantino uh, refused to give her the film of the accident for 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But apparently that's... he's an abusive dick on set. So. But that's <laughs> for an entirely different podcast. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I'm imagining probably some of what got cut down is the heist that we are rapidly coming up yes, on. Because there is a ah, point yes. where this turns into a heist movie. Which was a del- it's such a delight. <laughs> it's such a delight. And it's really well done because it's intercut yep. with them planning the heist and executing it mm-hmm. so that it doesn't become... It's in a very Oceans-y way. Yeah. Because it could have become obscenely long oh, if they yeah. talked about it and then executed it. And then yeah. I was just going to be like, nope. I, ha- I had like one silly stupid note that I wanted to throw in there about yeah. like, you know, the science. that Because like, uh, there's like a little inter- intercut in here like where they go to get or like where Selvig's in like the institute and like he's on the chalkboard and telling everybody about the convergence. And Can I have my shoe back? The universe is on like a 5,000 year cycle. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, Stanley or Stanley cameo. Um, Not but, the watcher. Uh, where, where he goes like, the realms are on like a 5,000 year cycle. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, uh, ah, yeah. like they're, they're the, the, the Marvel cinematic universe's like, um, cosmic scale is so small. It really it's is. practically like creation at use creation is universe stuff where like, you know, this idea that oh, all the realms, they cycle every 5,000 years. Our, our solar system within the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy, it takes 225 million years to complete a circuit around the galactic core. So chew on that. Also, five thousand years. Anyway, there whatever. would have been record uh, in human history of this happening. Right. There were enough. There were enough civilizations yeah. that paid attention yeah. to shit that they would have been like, weird things fell out of the sky. <laughs> Thing go boom. <laughs> what the fuck is this dark elf doing here? Birds disappeared. The gods are angry. Oh man, yeah. Help! I'm trapped <laughs> in a place with oh, ice. My God. Send warm. (laughs) Help, there's a nice monster (laughs) trying to eat me. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, there would have been, based on all of the, you know, the stuff that we can see historically, um, whether that's, you know, Islamic histories or Indian histories or anything, like, there's records of strange events. And so... 5,000 years ago, there would have been records of strange events. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite stories from Cosmos is about the uh, the the simultaneous recordings around, like, the... 
I don't know whether it was like the 10th or 11th century or something like a monastery in England had like the best recording of it. But there were similar recordings like all over the world from like, you know, various things of seeing like a great fire on the moon. And uh, like all of these sort of like unrelated accounts were were sort of correlated. They figured out what happened and they're like, well, if it was a if there was an impact like large enough for everybody to see from Earth. Um, it would have had to have been this heavy, and so it would still be shaking, and they go ahead and, like, do the test on it, and they're like, yep, this thing was hit, like, a thousand years ago by something of that size, and people would have seen it. So they totally recorded a meteor striking the moon. Science! Hooray! And human history, human history and human uh, record keeping. Pretty yeah. freaking awesome, guys. It really is. Like, we always want ways to you know, rationalize things. So sometimes we make it, like, really out there and we reach for answers. But, you know, when you have... Oh, man, can you imagine how scary that would be right? in, the ten- in, like, the 10th century and you've got no idea and the moon is just on fire? <laughs> right? <laughs> Which god did I make angry and how do I fix guys, it? Guys, 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 I think the Christians were wrong! There's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that, which brings <laughs> us back to the heist. <laughs> Oh, yeah! Yes. And the cameo <laughs> that I managed to not get well, spoiled first, for. But before that, we have... Uh, so Thor is talking with Heimdall. Sad, Thor, sad, emo, Thor, sad emo Loki. Right. So Thor Thor is sitting down with one of his favorite advisors, and he's sitting down with Heimdall, and they're saying, look, we need to get Jane out of Asgard to protect Asgard. The, those oh, and this was after, oh, like, back, angry... Right? This was after angry, grieving Odin is like, you know, doing his Churchill, like, we will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the shards. We will fight them to the last. You know, I think that was a little more Kennedy than Churchill. And but you, you get the idea. The, when, Hopkins was yeah. not thinking smart. Right. And, and, and I felt I felt smart. in that moment the 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 Odin we were seeing is the Odin that we that existed when Hela existed. Yeah. You know, the one that and didn't also it's care. The Odin that. And it was the one that, like, that he that Odin saw in Thor at the beginning of the yes. first movie, where he's like, "This guy's an impulsive fool yeah. who's going to get people killed unnecessarily." And it's like, "Oh yeah, I was just like that." Yeah. <coughs> so then Heimdall says that he would be willing to commit treason for this plan because he understands that it's so important. And then they bring in the the warriors three and Sif, and he's and Thor goes, Woo-hoo! "Look, we need a way off Asgard." And there's only one guy that we can get to get us off Asgard. Who's, who's gotten off without the Rainbow Bridge. And 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 they're all like, well, he's going to fuck you over. And Thor goes, I know. He will try. <laughs> and then, so Thor goes, okay. Thor goes down to the prisons and Loki is very composed. Right? Oh, yeah. Very composed. And then you have Thor saying, please stop with these tricks. And then you get the illusion ends and Loki's just destroyed. Poor sad emo goth Loki in the corner. He's pretty sad. He's and just like, like crying there. And there's like weird hair. blood on the walls. His feet are bleeding. Yep. He's been kicking things. He is a temper. He had a temper tantrum. Uh, understandably refueled uh-huh. temper tantrum. Uh-huh. I'm sad. And they changed the line, which made me really sad, because in the trailer, uh, Thor says, when you betray me, I will kill you. But in in the actual film, it, it's just like, it's a little bit wishy-washier uh-huh. than that. 
if you try to betray me or something. Yeah. So he breaks him out, and they're making their way through the halls, and Loki is, you know, being a dick. Mm-hmm. He turns himself into a guard to be less conspicuous, and then... He turns Thor into Sif. Because why not? It will hurt no less when I kill you in cool. this form. I like that. When I, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Thor was very cool with that. He's like, oh, cool. <laughs> He's just like, oh, okay, it's Sif. She's yeah. awesome. She'll kick your ass. Yeah. yeah. And then it's... I, I do like, like... Like some of the old like Norse myths, like you know of Thor and Loki, and like you know playing around with the frost giants and trying to get this or that. Like there's a couple, there's like there's multiple stories where they take on like female form. Mm-hmm. It's it's really if you haven't ever read that stuff, go check it out. It's great. <laughs> and then Loki goes, "Well, we would you prefer the guise of one of your new compatriots? One of your new friends." <laughs> and then they go behind a pillar, and then it's Captain America. <laughs> Chris Evans' performance so in this righteous. moment is so beautiful because he is oh, it's great. playing Steve. <laughs> he's playing Loki being Steve, and it's it's so beautiful. It's so cute. It's so uniforms. <laughs> I, re- I kind of wish there had been more of this. I wish there had been a gesture when he said the uniform is a bit tight, but you know. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> Uh, that I, the theater that, just like exploded yeah. when that happened. Yeah, every, everybody erupted on that one. It was great. <laughs> it was actually probably one of my favorite moments in the film. Oh, for sure. So yeah, the heist continues. You know, they get to you know they get Jane. Sif gets Jane and brings them to Thor and Loki, and then you know they go off and you have Jane slaps Loki. Yeah, that was for New York. I like her. <laughs> And then as they're turning, Sif says she's going to stay behind and hold off the guards. And uh, this is one yeah. of the things that I wonder if, if her injury didn't play into. Like, yeah, if, she, if they that's... had initially done, like, a little bit of action-y stuff. But, you know. It... That's possible. Because, like, everybody else got, like, a little, right. little something. Like, right. well, not everybody. I mean, you know, Volstag and Chuck. Yeah. But I do appreciate Sif's moment with the sword at Loki's throat a lot. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that a lot. <laughs> Basically, everyone I will kill you. him, and he's like... Yeah, he's and like, then Volstagg does it too, yeah. and he's like, there's going to be a line. If you, oh, will you kill me? There's going to be a line. <laughs> Evidently, there will be a line. <laughs> love it. <laughs> and then I love that they bicker so much on the ship. Like, they just argue. Just press it gently. <laughs> I am pressing you it gently. You said you could fly this thing. I said, how hard could it be? <laughs> you just decapitated grandfather. Like, no, you decapitated your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very pointed Aww. about that. And then all of a sudden, Loki, or <laughs> Thor just kicks him out of the side of the ship. <laughs> He's like, you flew us out of here, the biggest, most obvious ship in the world. Yep. It's like, oh, hey, that was actually technically a good idea. It was. It's, and not, poor that, frail it's Jane. not that dissimilar from them taking the orgy ship in Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? The orgy ship? Yes. I mean, what else would you we call it? Are you How about a pleasure barge? <laughs> pleasure barge. Come on. A, you know, a, a yacht, a recreational vehicle. Jesus. Um, <laughs> sorry? No. The orgy ship. The orgy ship. Ah! <laughs> it's my birthday! 
All right, it's an orgy ship. <laughs> so they get the smaller, sneakier ship. Fandral does his little sassy gay Fandral. Poor Asgard <laughs> jumps off. His his fake hair. His his hair is terrible in this. Uh huh. I, it's I terrible, gotta say, but it it's... is also kind of shampoo commercially. <laughs> it is. It is very L'Oreal. <laughs> oh man! So they escape. They get off world. Jane is not looking so hot. Kind nope. of passing. She's out. frail. Poor mortal. <laughs> and then you know they're doing more fighting once they get off world. And this is a really long, elaborate get help. So many. It really it is. is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I hate get help. <laughs> Except in this case, works. in this case, Thor was on the opposite end of get help, wasn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Basically, kind of. so. But then yeah, you basically. also have that wonderful moment of like Thor wanting to shut it all down. He's like, "Mother wouldn't want us to fight," and Loki's just like, "Well, she wouldn't exactly be shocked." Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time with the snake? <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yeah, so they're bickering and kind of having fun. Like, Thor doesn't want to admit it, but he's having a little bit of fun. Right? I think sometime in this point is when Darcy and Ian have gone to bail. uh, Ian's father, Dr. (laughs) Eric Selvig. (laughs) Again, with lying to the authorities, and so badly. Yeah, and just the moment where he throws out all of his meds just kind of no this is not how it works you don't find out that something weird is going on in the universe and you throw out your meds that's not eric you have severe trauma possibly neurological damage from what loki did to you probably neurological damage I don't think having a tesseract in your brain is very good. And, you know, we never got to see what it did to Clint either. But look, Clint, I mean, look, if Clint wants to run around naked. (laughs) I'm sure there are several people who would not object. I think the the cameras would enjoy that more. Yes. (laughs) That would be, that would have been played less for laughs. Uh huh. Well, he does actually have a giant farm where he can run around naked, like and a bird. Probably just disturb his children, <laughs> like a bird. <sighs> Mom, why is Dad running around naked outside? I don't know. Go ask Auntie Nat. Tweet, tweet, motherfuckers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm sleep drunk, guys. Yep. So then Thor has his brilliant plan to destroy the ether because that's obviously going to work super well. And they concoct their whole little scheme to. What a well done scheme. I liked it. It was well played. It was well played, except for the fact that, you know. Yeah, it was usually good. Oh, I remember when the trailer came out, there's that shot of Loki cutting off Thor's hand Mm -hmm. and. Everyone lost their shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, guys, it's probably an illusion. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was an illusion. Loki throws Thor down a cliff to land at Chris Eccleston's feet uh, and be like, hey, look, I brought <laughs> this. I want to be on your side. And I brought the mortal with the ether, too. And he starts to try to take the ether out of her. And Thor Zap. zaps. And fails to, you know, destroy the ether because reasons. Yeah, little mushroom cloud in the uh, in the uh, the volcanic glass, you mm-hmm. know, wasteland. 
Yeah. For nothing. And then there was the weird thing didn't where, work. like, the miniature black holes that I didn't understand, and I'm not quite sure. I love those! From. Oh, but, I like, should have mentioned that. I, sh- I should have mentioned that, like, in the uh, in the, in the the first, like, battle. Like, their little grenades, their little yeah. black hole grenades are so cool! That's a great concept. I love it. I like when Loki sticks it on the dude at the end. He just Me kind of... Into yeah, himself. that's pretty good. It was reminiscent of the, um... Gravity thingies that Star Lords use Star Lord uses in um Guardians. Yeah, they're very similar weapon. Yeah. He probably picked it up from a guy who knows a guy who got it off a dark elf. Yeah. Fell off a truck. Mm-hmm. Fell off a spaceship. Oh yeah, like is aren't aren't there like some dark elves in the collector's like menagerie? Yeah. Probably. So then Loki gets stabbed in the back, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Air quote dies. He he also gets he also gets the impaled. Yes, yep. he does. Air quote dies. Thor's in mourning, and he and Jane. Yep. Wander. They find a cave. So sad. They find which, a cave. Tragedy. And a Best cell performance phone. by Matt Damon ever. Yep. <laughs> so then Jane's ringtone starts going off. <laughs> the one that Darcy had been making fun of her for, and she picks up her phone, and it's what's his face. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's Seabass guy. Seabass, Seabass. Seabass, And he's asking her out on a second Poor. date, and she's just like, Aww. holy shit. And she finds the car keys and the shoe and all this other stuff that dropped and disappeared. Best signal ever. Yep. What a wonderful co- coincidence. Yep. And so they are able to get back to London, and the car is completely trashed, but still somehow functional. And they drive off to meet with everyone else, and then a guard, quote unquote, shows up on to like, yeah. like okay, Loki's well, dead. Well, you get to see some of the flat. Yeah, you see the the flash of Loki's magic, like in the in the like off screen, like you see it. It, it was very clear. That, yeah, uh, he's like, uh, he's back. not really dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's important that you got that first. That's not in any way played to be a surprise. Yeah, because because in like the next scene, like <laughs> at first Thor puts his hammer on the hook. The hook is worthy, and then like you know he sees Sel- Selvig <laughs> without his pants, and like there's you know that he's like Selvig's so happy to see him. He's like, "Is your brother coming?" He's like, "He's dead," and he's like, "Oh, oh good. thank God." I mean, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I will say as far as the whole Selvig not having pants in this movie bothers us the only scene where it doesn't bother me is when he's trying to read and concentrate because how many people say you know i can think better when i'm in my pjs or whatever at home like he's just trying to be comfortable guys <laughs> yeah you know yeah sometimes that's the, that's the thing right it's also he he has actually fairly well-toned legs for a man of his age so you know <laughs> thumbs up to Stellan Skarsgård for keeping up with his physical fitness Good job, dude. I, I think the Scars I think the Skarsgård family is like they're they're a fit bunch yes yeah. they are yeah there's just more like convergent stuff going on in this scene <laughs> I'm like I I love I love this bit where they pull out the map and he's like Stonehenge and this thing and like he pulls a triangle and then he like triangulates the center and I I immediately was like actually a triangle has multiple centers. (laughs) The math of love triangles. And like almost expecting them to do the ley lines thing that they do in Ghostbusters and various other yeah you know stuff and things or uh. 
angels and demons or, or whatever it was. The Da Vinci Code, that's yeah. it. Right. The rose lines, I think they use. So whatever, they figure out they need to go to Greenwich. And then the aliens invade London! Dun, 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 dun. And you have that really dun, aesthetically dun, dun, dun. pleasing shot of the, the ship. weird pointy spaceship yeah. just kind of tearing shit up as it moves. It's so cool. But still, like, yep. it doesn't do yeah, anything for me. Yeah, like, it's a lot of beautiful shots and <laughs> a lot of... And the action sequence itself is really well done at this point because you have, like, switching between locations because of the convergence and you have Mjolnir not knowing where to go and people ending up in bizarre places. Darcy and her intern. Darcy and her intern. And Jane and Selvig helping out. Yep. You've got the great scene where Ian saves Darcy's life by flipping over the car that's defying gravity onto a couple of... And yeah, then she that dips was great. him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, but for the most part, like, I just don't care about right. this fight. Because at this point, yeah. the emotional arc of the movie is kind of over. It is. And, like, even these... these yeah, whole, it's over. Yeah, like, it's the... Like, eh. The, okay. the, the, the stick thingies that were hammering into the ground. Like, what what did they do? Do you even know what these things do? All we know is that they're like graviton spikes. Like, they're supposed to stabilize the gravitational, like... Anomalies. Whatevers, but the, I don't... And again, like, as we said at the top of the podcast, like, this is, like, really indicative of, like, there being a lot of cool little moments, but the whole kind of sucking. Because, like, the bit with Mew Mew is great... The bit where, like, you know, the car is great. The bit where, you know, like, all the portal stuff, that was a lot of fun. You know, where, where things are sort of, like, bouncing from realm to realm and, like, you know, falling and And Jotunheim. And, and where he ends up on the subway and he's like, how do I get to Greenwich? And, like, you know, the, the blonde girl, like, you know, she kind of, like, accidentally falls into him. And uh-huh. it's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Nomi, who was not able to join us because she's off being an actress and... Uh, being awesome being awesome and was not able to be a guest on this episode told me to say that those are not actually the correct directions and she's very unhappy about it it was the wrong train line that seems like something that would be really easy to get right like it feels like it would be hard to get that wrong and they got it wrong so they didn't have somebody doing good research or or ask any of the thousands of people that are working on the movie, like, hey, who is who here's been to London? Yeah. Anybody? Or or you know, they probably had a bunch of yeah, local okay. people. Right. Just saying. But you know, that's the sort of thing that happens in movies. Like New York gets butchered so much. Right, because they like never film in New York. Right. So then they use the little spiky things to tear Malekith apart. Ah, and which is cool. Ah, it's a cool scene. Jane gets to do a lot. Jane gets to run around and have agency yep. and do things. And then... She tries to save him, but he's way too heavy. Yes, he is so heavy. But I understand, like, it's kind of stupid, her running over there when she knows she would die. But, like, if she can just wake him up, he can fly her away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then the ship is falling and it looks like it's going to crush them, but I guess it hits the last of the convergence and goes straight through. Convenient portal. And then, Uh, you know, we end up back on Asgard and Odin is being suspiciously pleased with Thor 
What can he's I being really cool about it. One he, son who wants the throne really too cool much. He's being really cool about the treason. And another who will not take it. <laughs> and, and just yeah. quote unquote oh, Odin. He's being he's being extra Odin. Someone pointed out yeah. to me that the way he sits is just not the way that Odin sits. Yeah. Like he's like half reclined to one side. Cocked to the side. Oh, yeah. 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 And Becca pointed out a really good thing, which is I that did? Thor like tries to give Mjolnir back. And he just kind of waves. Off. I was like, "No, no, no! It's yours." It's like, "Yeah," because you know. No, no, no! He's like, "It's fine." Loki knows he can't pick it up. And again, that's not something that's played to be any kind of surprise. Like the last we saw, like guard Loki was smirking at Odin. So you know, either convenient Odin sleep is coming, or <laughs> something bad's gonna happen. Lol, it's Loki <laughs> dumping Odin in a, a senior care home. It was there when I, he was there when I left him. That dick. What an ass. And so the movie ends there, and we get the really great mid-credit scene. Which is the collector. Yeah. Yeah, the the collector is the mid-credit scene. So I take that back on the really great part, (laughs) because I was dubious about it. I I was looking at, like, the entire set and being like, because at this point, I was not amped for Guardians of the Galaxy. We were literally like, why the fuck are they doing Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm like, they're making a movie about a tree and a raccoon, and they can't give us a movie about a woman? What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit dubious, but it does set it up and does, like, connect that world. But then the final credit scene is what I really liked, mm-hmm. which because, is just that yeah. epic kiss. Not with Natalie Portman, but with Chris Hemsworth's um, wife. Yes, <laughs> that was what I, because it was done in reshoots Wait, and Natalie what? Portman was not available. And I'm like, well, let's get his wife. And I'm like, okay, that's why all that chemistry is there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. because they are in pure love and lots of smoochies. And are actual tall and small. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the movie is, you know, it's the movie. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's a movie. It feels yeah. like a generic action movie yeah. and not the quality that I have come to expect from Marvel. Right. Yeah, this feels like one of the uh, the the episodes of the Marvel show that you could skip. Yeah. 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 It's the bad eggs. Yeah, they're, um, and they're... <laughs> it's bad eggs. But not, but, but not quite the beer bad. Not the beer bad. I like beer bad. It's the um, it's the where the wild, it's well, the where the wildest things are, or super fan. It's the weird like mid season four Buffy episodes that you can skip. That FX would skip all the time. <laughs> but yeah, there's Aww. nothing in it that are that's really integral to the MCU as a whole, except for the ether. Yeah, except and the thing is, they don't even say the Infinity Stones by name. It's just. Well, no, it's, they do in the in the mid credit scene. In the mid credit scene, yeah, the, collect, the collector's like, yeah, like one down, five to go. Yeah, exactly. Benicio, Benicio del Toro being full Benicio. Yeah. yeah, he's like even more Benicio than he is in the Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Jeff Goldblum is peak Jeff Goldblum in Ragnarok, <laughs> he's... yeah, yeah. So you know. So yeah, it's I mean, it's good to watch with people. It's yeah. boring to watch alone. 
I'll say that. Yep, I would agree with that. So, listeners, if you're wait, if you've been waiting to do your rewatch, just get some friends. Yes. Maybe yeah. make a drinking game out of it. Eat some food. Play some. Oh my cards. god! Remember when we saw this? Right, we brought mead into the theater. Yeah, with we us. bought a we brought a flask of mead <laughs> into the theater, which was like the best decision nice. we yeah. ever made. So yeah, we had to get through this so that we could get to our next film, which is my favorite. I'm going to have problems throughout the entirety of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Me three. (laughs) I'm not going to have problems, but I love it. It's it's really, really, it's so good. It's It's so so good. It's in my top three, if not like my number one. Yeah. Agree. Mm. Good job, you guys. Good job. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, they followed up the one of the weaker movies with one of the strongest. Thanks for sticking with us tonight, guys. Dealing with <coughs> our um, dealing with our plague coughs and technical issues. They're not going to hear the plague coughs. I know. I can still talk oh, about the technical them. <laughs> issues. <laughs> guys, it was really hard. We were we 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 worked really hard to bring you this podcast. They're sacrifices. Because the Super Bowl is tomorrow night. You know what? You know what it was? Literal the sacrifices. Happens. The convergence <laughs> happened on Skype. The convergence disrupted our recording session. <laughs> I would be talking over here and my words would pop out over there and it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> the physics was stupid. Uh, and then my idea floated as though it were weightless and somebody threw it into a tree. Ugh. <laughs> Like Emil Blonsky. Yeah, that's basically like, what happened. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a really good week. We'll be back next time with the Winter Soldier. And <sighs> get your flu shots. If you haven't, keep your cold meds. <laughs> Tamiflu can be used If you haven't, it's too late. Talk to your doctor if you've been exposed to someone who has the flu. And for the love of God, don't go to work if you're sick. Yeah, love don't do guys. that. Don't be a jerk. Bye. Bye.